hockey season is right around the corner and to celebrate we've got a big four-part season preview that we are starting today with uh, at jacket insider jeff svoboda himself so uh, that's what's coming today on locked on blue jackets locked on blue jackets your daily podcast on the columbus blue jackets part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, fun, yelling, ranting, all of the above and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm just going to adjust my hat because it's uh, wonky and that's annoying me. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day, despite the fact that I'm currently editing this podcast at 5.16pm in uh, Eastern Standard Time. It's fine, don't worry about it. Uh, maybe this is your first listen of the day, and if it is, I appreciate you. If it's not your first listen of the day, I still appreciate you. Uh, today, like I said, at the top of the show, we're going to be talking to uh, Jeff Svoboda. He is the Jackets insider, the uh, Jackets beat reporter for the team, a uh, friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times before. He's come to do a big kind of breakdown of the offseason, uh, talk about Brad Larson's first season as head coach, the departures, uh, the additions, and looking forward to the future of the team. Uh, and we talked for like a full hour so uh, we're going to split that into three or four parts depending on how it uh, breaks up and uh, that should get everyone ready for training camp which starts uh, today and uh, the season which starts in like five days or the preseason I guess uh, so I'm very excited about that I'm super excited about this conversation uh, Jeff is a delight as always so uh, I'm just gonna just gonna get right into it because uh, he says things much better than I can and uh, I'll just let the conversation play. So somehow it's almost the preseason for the Blue Jackets and the NHL in general. And I realized that we hadn't checked in with a uh, friend of the show, Jeff Svoboda, this offseason yet. So I thought, hey, let's uh, let's get Jeff on and let's just have a chat about last season, the offseason, uh, all of the excitement and uh, everything that's kind of coming up so uh big big preview for uh locked on blue jackets this week uh how's it going jeff uh it's going well busy times here it's good to uh, get back uh you know training camp starting this week week open practice preseason games etc um there, you know there's not much downtime when training camp starts it's just uh pedal to the metal from the very beginning uh, and it's a you know it's exciting time because we're just really a handful of days away from uh the season opener and then the home opener in uh middle of october yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like this offseason has kind of simultaneously been really short and also really long. Like, I was thinking about this, and the offseason, I guess, has only really been going for like a month and a half, if you count, you know, the end of free agency up to preseason. But also the Blue Jackets haven't played a game since, what, the start of April? So that's, you know, almost almost five months, and it's uh, it's weird. <laughs> Time is weird. Yeah, time is weird. It's funny. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who have felt that way, and, and I would actually disagree. I feel like it was a long off season. Uh, you know, I felt like I kind of enjoyed myself. You know, you get the time to kind of relax and, and do the summer stuff and hang out with friends and, you know, play a lot of golf and all that stuff that hockey players and hockey people like to do. Um, but now we're at a point where, um, you know, I, I feel like there was a lot of downtime there. Now it's time to get started. You know, talking to some players, they kind of feel the same way. 
they were sick and tired of training and, and the stuff that they do in the offseason, especially for a team that didn't make the playoffs. You know, maybe it's a little different if you're Colorado and you were playing, you know, Stanley Cup games in June. Uh, you know, as you said, the Blue Jackets haven't played since April. Uh, they're ready to go. Uh, you know, all the training's done, and now it's time to uh, time to do what the real fun is. Um, you know, the training camp's not necessarily fun, but you're actually back playing real hockey, which is what these guys would much rather do than just work out and stuff like that in the offseason. Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, You can only go to the gym so many times, you know? Yeah, exactly. But um, I want to talk a little bit about last season just before we kind of get into the kind of the crazy offseason that the Blue Jackets had because it was kind of a, a transition season, I think. Um, and so I was wondering, you know, if you had any thoughts on do you think the Blue Jackets overachieved last season? Because that's kind of the the feeling I got from a lot of people was that everyone expected the Blue Jackets to be just awful, just terrible. And they actually were not good. Obviously, they didn't make the playoffs. They ended up picking 12th overall with, uh, with their pick. But I still think that the Blue Jackets were better than a lot of people expected them to be. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And, and yeah, they, they probably didn't exceed expectations by a ton, uh, but they did exceed expectations. I think most people thought this was a bottom 10, if not bottom five team in the NHL going into last season, just based off of preseason polls and things like that. And I think they were picked by, you know, the athletic did its uh, poll of the Metro. And I believe Columbus was picked um, to finish in last a season ago and didn't even come close to that. But at the same time, you know, they were in the playoff race until uh, March. You know, they had a strong February that got them back within shouting distance of the playoffs. But let's also be clear here. This team finished, you know, 19 points out of the last playoff spot. That is essentially 10 games out in an 82-game season. They were not particularly close to making the playoffs either. So coming up in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Jeff. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because uh, Bet Online is where the game starts. If you want the best props, odds, and uh, lines, BetOnline is the place to go. They are your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. You can find football developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, and uh, they are your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Uh, if you want to bet on MLB, the, M- the MMA, boxing, golf, uh, the NBA, which comes back soon, the NFL, college football, and you know, most importantly, the NHL, you can bet on all of those things and more at betonline.net. So make sure you head to the website today. That is betonline.net. Or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. This bet online is where the game starts. Um, it is interesting. It does feel like they overachieved. You know, they lost some games down the stretch where, you know, once the trade deadline passed, it was pretty clear they were not going to be a playoff team. And um, So it was, you know, as much about getting some young guys some looks and, and things like that as it was about winning. Um, so they did not win a lot of those games and, and probably finished a little further out than um, they were there for a time. But, but at the end of the, of the day, though, they have to get a lot better to be a playoff team. So, um, yeah, it is funny to look back. And, and on the whole, I would say they probably did overachieve. But it, they're 12th. You know, as you said, you know, they had the 12th overall draft pick. And so that means, um, you know, you were closer to being in the bottom 10 than you were to being in the playoffs probably. So, uh, yeah, it just kind of shows as exciting as last year was because I do think they got a lot of things out of last season. Uh, they still have a long way to go to get where they want to be. Um, and so it, it will be very interesting to see just how much adding a player like Johnny Gaudreau and the Eric Branson's of the world and some of the other things they did. Um, you know, they should on paper be a better team than they were a year ago. Uh, but what will that mean when all is said and done? Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that all shakes out this upcoming year. 
Yeah, for sure. And I definitely want to get into, you know, all of the additions and the subtractions that the team had this offseason. Um, but I wanted to kind of, how did you feel about Brad Larson? His first full season as an NHL head coach, I think a lot of people were expect, again, exceeds expectations maybe, but I, and everything I saw from Brad Larson, everything he was saying, I was like, yeah, this guy, this guy gets it. Like, I feel like he did a really good job in his first full season as, as an NHL head coach. How do you think that he did? Yeah, I would have to absolutely agree with that. Uh, and, and he's the guy that Blue Jackets had known for a long time, uh, for being an assistant coach to John Tortorella for his uh, the entire tenure of, of Torts. So he'd been uh, – actually, he was brought in by Todd Richards, the previous coach. Um, so it, I believe Lars had seven years as an assistant coach, I believe. Uh, he had, you know, two two years as a head coach, two years as an assistant down in the, the minor league system, and then seven with the Blue Jackets. So he had been in the organization for essentially 11 years. He was here before Torts. He was here before Yarmo Kekalainen. So um, it, it just goes to show you that I think all along there was a tremendous amount of respect in the front office, and not just this front office, but the previous front office, uh, as the kind of coach Brad Larson was. Um, you know, he's, he was a guy that doesn't really seek out the, the limelight, and so – and really assistant coaches at the end of the day are, are not generally focused on by the media. So the only thing people knew him for was that he ran the power play under torts. And, and let's be honest, the power play under torts was generally not very good. Um, and so I understand why fans were kind of like, who is this guy? But as you got to know him, you got to see him as a coach, you know, there was already a tremendous amount of respect for him in the building, but I think it only grew last year. Uh, you know, people ask, is he a player's coach? Is he, uh, you know, a, a demanding coach? I think it's funny because hockey tends to vacillate, you know, you hire a guy that's a real get on there, you know, chew him out, get him inspired, uh, you know, kind of a domineering sort of like torts kind of vibe guy. And then you when that ends, you hire the players coach and you just go from one to the other one to the other. That just seems like the hockey thing. But I think Lars really is is both. Um, you know, he, he inspires a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, but I think he also takes the player needs and, and the you know, since he's done it before, he played in the NHL. Um, he was coached under a lot of very good coaches. Uh, he takes, you know, what the players, I think he does a lot of things in mind to like, you know, trust the players and have a lot of belief in the players. Boy, you know, the second that he, he sees that they need a course correction, he is the guy uh, that's there. And, and that happened a lot last year. And, and honestly, this season could have really spiraled out of control last year. They were not very good in um, the months of January and December. Uh, a once promising start to the season. Remember they were 12, six and oh, or whatever. And then really it was, there were some bleak times there in, in uh, December and January. And, and really, uh, I think the one that kind of topped that off was they got on to Florida. Yeah, they beat Carolina six to nothing in Carolina. Two nights later, they lose nine to two at Florida. And that was a loss that Brad Larson looked at and said, this is not what we are. We cannot do this. And, and he was hard on them for, you know, a good week or two there, just kind of trying to write the ship. And then they came out in February and when they did write the ship, they were very good. So I think he has a good feel. Um, does a really good job of towing that line between, you know, demanding a lot out of the guys, you know, demanding a culture of getting better every day while also not being kind of that overbearing um, grind the guys down kind of coach. And so I, I really like the way he approaches things. I think, you know, if you talk to players and of course, players are always going to say, oh, we love the coach because, you know, it's, you know, what, you, what else are they going to say? But I honestly think they need it. I think there's a lot of respect in the room uh, for the way Brad Larson runs the team and the, his feel for, you know, what they need in certain situations. And so, you know, X's and O's wise, you know, I think there were some issues where, um, you know, I think they'd like to get better as far as that goes. But I, to me, as an NHL coach, the biggest thing is how do you steady the ship? How do you keep it um, going 
throughout an entire 82-game season and, and handle the ebbs and the flows and the ups and the downs. And I think Brad Larson did an exceptional job at that in his first year. In a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Jeff. Uh, that's what's coming up next on Lockdown Blue Jackets. Something that kind of since the like the exit interviews really is an, and something that I've kind of thought about a lot this offseason is a lot of the players in their exit interviews talked about how much fun they had this year, how good the room was, how how much they enjoyed playing in Columbus this season. And I know there's a, a Torts gets a lot of stick for being a guy that people don't get on with. And I think a lot of that is kind of overblown by the media. You know, we've talked about that previously. You you know, you've always had pretty good conversations with Tortorella, but I was wondering, you know, and this might not be something that you can give an answer to necessarily, but how much of the the team enjoying themselves and, and having fun and, you know, talking about how good the room is, how much of that is, you think, due to coaching change, due to maybe some kind of player movement obviously there was a a lot of new faces in the room this year some unexpected departures like do you think that there was something there in terms of like do you think there was a concrete change that you can point to as to why why this year seemed so fun and the season before kind of didn't really seem like everyone was enjoying themselves yeah I think that that group and, and they had a good group there for a while. Uh, you know, a core of the Nick Felinos, Cam Atkinson, Seth Jones, um, David Savard. Uh, there there were other guys that, that kind of came in and out. Sergey Bobrovsky being among them. But that you know that was kind of the core group in that room for a long time. Starting you know some of those guys all the way back to the 2014 playoffs, but certainly through the the four straight years of making postseason runs from 2017 until 2020. And that group had some pretty good moments. You know, they had a, a, a season in 2017 where they were in the running for the President's Trophy. Uh, they had the 2019 season where, you know, they obviously beat Tampa Bay for that playoff series win and pushed a very good Boston team, you know, pretty strongly. Um, even 2018, they had a very good team, but lost to the, the Stanley Cup champions in the Caps uh, in that first round. Where a series, they probably, you know, if they scored an overtime goal in game three, they win that series. And so they were probably one goal away from, you know, beating the team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup. And so, you know, even though that in that run, they only really won one playoff series. Yeah, that team was probably better than people give it credit for just because of the opposition it ran up against. Um, but at the end of the day, when they got into that late, late in the 2021 season, which was pretty much a disaster, there's not much dancing around it. That team just was not a good team. And it led to the trades of, you know, late in that season, Nick Foligno and David Savard, who were about to be free agents. And then uh, the next off season, Cam Atkinson and Seth Jones, um, it just felt like it was time to turn a page. And I think John Tortorella felt that there was time to turn a page. And, and he's a guy um, that – say, I love torts. I have nothing bad to say about torts. I think some of – as you said, a lot of the kind of chatter about torts is, is a bit ill-informed. He's not always – you know, say there's the vibe that he comes in and is knocking over a locker room or knocking over trash cans and yelling at everybody on a daily basis, and that's just not the case. He's earned that reputation in a lot of ways. But, you know, I think – People got along with him a lot more than, than you know, it, it gets let on. But at the end of the day, he also is the kind of guy that takes up a lot of oxygen in the room. I mean, if, you, if you're in a room with John Tortorella, you know, I think you know you're in a room with John Tortorella. And I think after six years of that, you know, there's going to be a lot of player turnover. And I think Torts kind of also realized, like, you know, maybe it's time, you know, that message and that, that presence is not, you know, sinking in and it's not what it used to be. It's just not landing the same way that it once did. Um, and so it's probably time for me to move on. And so there was that led to so much turnover um, in, you know, a lot of circumstances kind of coming together, leading to them having a new head coach, a new coaching staff, you know, new leaders, new captain, et cetera, going into last season. 
And it, it just kind of was a breath of fresh air because, you know, like I said, that, that previous run had just kind of reached its end. You know, it was new last year. Guys really did get along. You know, someone like Jake Voracek was so happy to be back here, fit right into that room. You know, Boone Jenner stepped into the captaincy and, and seemed to lead in a way that the people really responded to. Um, and so I think there was a sense that that team did get along very well. It's a lot of factors that went into it, but, you know, they were all very uh, on the same page about how much, you know, they really liked being around each other. You know, Patrick Laine kind of blossoming last year. And I, I think, you know, the, the personal troubles he went through, um, you know, his teammates being there for him through that really kind of helped him fit in the room. So I think a lot of things just came together for that to happen. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean anything was wrong previously before. It was just time for a change. And that change was a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people like and I've talked to a couple of, of friends about it and they were like, you know, when the, when this all came out, they were like, man, what was so wrong with the room the season before that this is like it's so much different with just one or two things. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense of sometimes it's just time to change. And I think having a lot of new people, obviously, you know, you didn't mention guys like Sean Corrali, who got to come home and play in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, Jack Russellvik, obviously, he was here last season, but he really had a great season this season uh columbus born cole Sillinger, you know there was a lot of a lot of ohio boys on the team and i think that really that really helped and that's all i've got for you today uh tomorrow we're going to be continuing this conversation with jeff we're going to be talking about uh, the off season and how that went for the blue jackets because the answer is pretty darn well so uh, that's what's coming up on uh, tomorrow's episode we're going to be doing this for the next four, three or four days, depending on uh, how the episodes ended up splitting up and whether any breaking news happens, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, tomorrow, we're going to be talking to Jeff a little bit more. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locks and Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms, also over on YouTube. Trying to hit 250 subscribers by the time the regular season starts on like the 8th of October. So if you're not subscribed, then uh, please feel free to hit that subscribe button button uh i've been jay foster you can find me on twitter at underscore jacob foster j-a-k-o-b-f-o-r-s-t-e-r you can find the podcast at lo underscore blue jackets if you have comments questions criticisms you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com and uh, until tomorrow make sure you stay locked on <laughs>